I got rhythm, I got music, I got my footing, who could ask for anything more? The Show, hosted by two plant-based diet advocates, helping you get your healthy habits on lockdown. You're listening to The Health Beat with Sarah and Pete. And today we're talking about getting your footing. And first we're going to intro with burnout. Wait, first, actually? First, first? I just want to say that this is part two of our Isolation to Elevation series. So if you didn't listen to the first one, I say go back and listen to HB14. Because that's where it all begins. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves. No. That's a good call. But now, uh-huh. Peter, tell us about your days as the kitchen ninja. Mm-hmm. Speaking of getting ahead of yourself, so when Sarah and I first switched, we kind of touched on this in part one, I was on the verge of burnout. I got this cookbook. It was kind of like a nutrition book from Brendan Brazer. And he wrote, I think the title is, it's either The Thrive Diet or it's, it, the subtitle is The Vegan Nutrition Guide. And it was just totally blowing my mind. And so that's when I made the switch. Because I was feeling like, hey, if he can do Ironmans and he's eating a plant-based diet, like, I can do that too. And so I was like really excited about it. And all of his recipes are all whole foods. So we're talking like pizzas made out of ground sesame seeds and cooked quinoa and sweet potato in a fruit, food processor. So it's like you're cooking it, then you're putting it in a food processor, then you're making a pizza out of it, then you've got like the sauce that you're making for it, and then you're chopping the veggies for it. And so it's like there's like multiple, multiple steps for like everything. So... I So at the time, I was working 50 hours a week, and I was commuting at least two hours a day to my job, to and from my job, and I was training for a marathon. And so the recipes in this book, they, they all tasted pretty good. They were really filling, but literally they took an hour and a half to prepare, and like almost everything in the book took that long. Okay, I'm going to just jump in here and say like, it's one thing to be making really intensive recipes for dinner, maybe even for lunch, maybe even for breakfast. But Peter, you were making your snacks from that book. You were also making training fuel from that book. Like every single thing you ate was a recipe from that book. And if you think about like listen to like what you eat right now, like just imagine if everything you ate was a recipe that you made that's insane yeah it's pretty insane i don't even know what i was thinking i was thinking well, you like, were following the yeah book. i was just like i was looking at like i don't think anybody could ever follow like the 30-day meal plan 
I don't even think he could follow it because it's just it's just too much. It's, it's just a lot. So much. It, it becomes like a full time job. Yeah, like I I, I I aspire to that, but like I mean that's just not it's not realistic. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're talking about in this episode. It's how do you find your rhythm or mm-hmm. your footing or your groove mm-hmm. amongst everything else that's going on in life? You've got this change that you want to make in your diet, and that's kind of what we're focusing on in this series. And finding your footing and in, in getting into your rhythm is so important. And so you don't want to go, you don't want to get ahead of yourself, go too much, too fast, because you got to get your footing. So you, know, you got to be stable. So yeah, so we're going to talk about finding your rhythm when your behavior, your new behavior, the thing you want to change that we talk about in episode 14 becomes a habit. And then we also cover resistance. And this is where you're really going to get the resistance. But with that also comes new things, new discoveries, such as friends, foods, places, and hobbies. So it's a jam-packed show, but I think it's really important. Yeah, and we might just blow through it. Like it might be, like I'm not, I am not. I have no idea how long it's going to take us to get through it. All right, well, let's dive in. Let's talk about finding your rhythm. You'll fumble, like Peter mentioned. It's it's kind of hard, you know, like mm-hmm. finding that that balance, and you might overdo it. That's you know, I'm I'm so glad that you said that. You'll fumble because everybody fumbles, especially in the be- you fumble more in the beginning because that's when you're you're learning, you know, and it's it's really rocky. And so just getting yourself onto a weekly routine, that's that's the most important thing. Try not to dwell on your mess-ups and when you do fumble and just get up and just keep going. Yeah. You know, don't don't dwell on it. You know, just pick yourself up. I agree. For me, I think um once I knew that I wanted to switch to a plant-based diet, And I knew that I wanted to juice every morning because juicing every morning. Also, I finished Chris Carr and she was she has a big section on juicing. And I was like, oh, I'm I'm going to jump on this wagon. And so I I wanted to do it every single day. That was my thing. Um, And that that? has that has continued on, hasn't it? Yeah, I haven't missed a day of juice in years. Yeah. Even camping. Would you say four years? Yeah, I think about four years. Even camping and traveling. It's pretty crazy. I, just, I was I, telling that to the produce guy on Friday, and he asked, like, oh, how often do you juice? It's like, it's like, oh, every day. <laughs> it's like, oh, how long have you been doing that? And I was totally thinking about, you know, what we were talking about. It's like, oh, for the last four years. And just the look on his face was like, what? That's crazy. Yeah. I, well, I, I think, like, Peter, you weren't juicing every single day. No, like three That's, times a week. Right. Yeah. But, but then when we moved in together, I kind of was just like... That's the precedent. I'm juicing every day and like you're yep. going to either drink it or maybe sometimes help me out. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when I was first starting out, I was like, okay, I need to figure this out. Like, Because I was working a corporate job too. I was working at a law firm and I had to be there at eight. And so, you know, I, I was still wearing makeup and doing my hair and now I'm total hippie and don't do any of that stuff but it took time so i remember i kind of worked backwards and figured out you know how long will it take me to juice and 
get out the door and I found that if I I couldn't make I didn't have the right kind of juicer I had a centrifugal juicer so I couldn't make my juice the night before so I would wash everything the night before and chop it up and put it in a bowl so in the morning I could just put it in the juicer and go so I would get up at 5 30 I would shower get ready and then I would make my juice grab your bowl Make your juice. Bring yep. Bring it. Bring my juice in a to-go cup in the car, and I would bring my oatmeal. I remember that overnight oats. I was all about mm-hmm. it, and I would bring the, that to work, and I would sit in traffic for about an hour, hour and fifteen minutes, drinking my juice, and then I would eat oatmeal when I got to work, and that was my Monday through Friday routine every morning. Up at five thirty, do the routine, mm-hmm. and that really. Would you helped. say like like did you fumble with that at all, or were you just like pretty like headstrong and like you just like did it well like flipping a switch well like i i wanted to do it for a while but i i wasn't doing it i didn't know how to do it and so once i figured out how long it took me then it was just Mm -hmm. like a, a switch it was just like okay well this is how long it takes me so i have to do this every single day to make it work you know i have to follow this schedule kind of thing so i didn't fumble once i figured it out so I think that's important is like figuring out how you can make it work in your mm-hmm. schedule. Yeah. And yeah, it's, uh, it, it goes hand in hand with creating habits, which is like another series that we have going on right now um, with the seasonal diet. Um, just creating and maintaining habits because just doing behavior over and over again is when you, you're creating a habit and then when you string habits together, like your overnight oats with your green juice in the morning, like then you're creating routines. Mm-hmm. And just the longer you do the routines, just the more the the more easily they come to you and automatic. Like you don't really have to think about it. When you're at the grocery store, you always know that you're you know, you're you're always aware of what stuff that you have for your overnight oats and you know, you're you're always aware of the ingredients that you have or don't have in your fridge for juice the next morning. Like you're always, you're just becoming more and more conscious of it. So I think that's kind of like the essence of like being in your rhythm. No, I agree. I totally agree. One thing though, I have to say I did fumble upon was at the beginning was bad juice recipes. Ooh, who doesn't? Oh man. You know what I tried to juice? Mustard greens. I didn't even know what mustard greens were, obviously. They kind of look like kale a They look bit. like a leafy green vegetable that's high in nutrients. They look so innocent. But if you've never had one, them... One leaf and you've so destroyed it. They're so spicy. Yeah. So oh. I think I juiced a half a head. Yeah. And that that was kind of terrible because I wouldn't drink my juice until I was on the freeway. So I'm on the freeway with this crappy juice. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a wasabi... Oh, it's the worst. You know where it's just like it's all heat, you know? Yeah. That was one thing I fumbled like quite a bit with is like I had a juicer and I knew what was healthy. And so I just thought I would just put all the healthy stuff in there and it would taste good. But it didn't. A lot of them tasted really bad for a long time. So. So find your rhythm. You'll do some mess ups. Maybe find a juice recipe and just follow that. Mm hmm. Okay, what about when does that behavior become a habit? Well, so what we're all about, I feel like, is just 
just choosing your behavior and going at it for 30 days. Yeah, that's and a great, 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 great idea. I, I really feel like you go 30 days with whatever you're trying to do, you know, eating gluten-free or um, you're just you're, you're trying to cook like every other night or something. I mean, every night would be, you know, kind of like a lot. I'm not saying you couldn't do it. But if it's meant to be after those 30 days and you're seeing results from it, whether it's more energy uh, your health is improving, you're happier, then you'll continue it. Yeah. And if not, if it's not working for you, it was probably pointless. You know, if you're not, if it wasn't, it wasn't good for you. you yeah. Know, it didn't it's kind of like coming back to your why. Maybe you did it for the wrong reason. Yeah. I think that the 30 day, um, forming a habit is, is really great because one, one thing that I've been doing is like one of my goals for this year was to incorporate more movement throughout my day so like we exercise in the morning Mm -hmm. and that's like the morning but then throughout the day i could be working at my computer all day and so i wanted to get more movement throughout and so we've been doing with our community and then just like with ourselves we've been doing little challenges 30-day challenges and so one of the ones that i did was a squat challenge and so Peter's doing squats. It's kind of, it's kind of distracting, <laughs> distracting right now. Sorry, Peter. sorry. Um, so one of those was a squat challenge. And so I did it for 30 days. Well, then after the 30 days, now I still find myself like doing 20 squats before bed. Mm-hmm. Just because like I liked doing that and I liked the way I felt afterwards. And so I'm still doing it. So I'm a big fan of 30-day challenges. That's what I wanted to share. Yeah, 30-day challenges are awesome. I feel like we could do three challenges at one time. Okay, but let's go back to not doing too much at once, oh, starting yes, small. Yes, yes, sure. Um, so I also think that when you find your rhythm, then you have a routine. And mm-hmm. once you have a routine, then it becomes a habit. Um, for me, a big thing was, like you said, I think in the first episode, Peter, you were going to the store every night. I would go like twice a week. That was like my thing. And I'd go on Tuesdays and mm, Thursdays. Really? Only yeah. twice a week? Twice a week. When did you um, When did you kind of bump that up? When I started working at Whole Foods and I was oh. there every day. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. It's really, it's really easy to shop Funny. every day when you're always there, you know? It's like, yeah. oh, I just need this and I need this. Yeah, because for the longest time, like, we were going to the store every single day. Yeah, here, now. Are you um, saying? Or just... Well, now we try to do it like every other day. Right. I mean, we still, you know, like... Yeah, like we don't plan it out a whole week. I mean, there's no way. Yeah. Even a half week, you know, we don't we don't go that far. But I didn't know that you used to only go twice. I used to a go week. twice a week. That's quite a bit of planning. I would do like a I would have a kind of a Monday through Friday routine. The weekends were kind of like all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I would go to the gym in the evenings. Um, and so I just kind of would do that, and I would kind of have it on autopilot i was just like no you know yeah it was really great and i was kind of like on my groove but that's kind of when i started to get resistance is that autopilot you know who where were you getting resistance just like friends you know because it's like because it was like the new you well yeah i kind of had like my blinders up flexibility Go to work, get off work, go to the store, mm. go to the gym, come home, make my food, yeah. read my Chris Carr, feeling good. Changing like your pattern. Yeah. 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 And so I huh. think that's like the biggest resistance that I got. It's, it's like, so interesting because it's like you, you were focusing on you and what was like 
like consistently good for you. You're mm-hmm. kind of you'd, like focusing your attention inward a little bit. And so I could, yeah, I could see how that would affect like your, like your friends mm-hmm. that were used to, you know, being able to maybe just, uh, uh, just, uh, kind of like out of the blue, do something. Right. Exactly. You know? And, like, hey, let's go get sushi. And it's like, well, oh, yeah, Sarah doesn't do sushi. Yeah, and I think now, like, that's, that is one habit that's kind of stuck is, like, we're not as spontaneous. We kind of have, like, mm-hmm. you know, what we always do. We can be, but that's just something that started way back because this mm-hmm. is going to back when we first changed our diet, something that we did, and now it's still kind of here. So it's just interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of consistency now. Like, I feel like we're always looking at the calendar, you know, and, and not that we couldn't decide to do something like tomorrow night, or if it's in the afternoon, we're like, Hey, we're going to do this tonight instead. But we just, we do less of that Mm -hmm. because yeah, we just have a different focus. Okay. Pete, do you feel like you want to cover maybe a little bit about your behavior and when it at the beginning felt like it was a habit or do you think we've covered that enough oh when it was when it was actually a habit yeah like you kind of fumbled with the making everything do you feel like you eventually like got in your rhythm and then it was like oh this is just like kind of on automatic like do you remember that time okay so i remember okay so i'm trying to think because i was I was eating like we were we were eating like super clean and like vegan whole food for a little over a year until like I moved in with you. Mm-hmm. And I know it was it was uh, more routine like way before that. Right. So I'm not, it's it's kind of hard to pinpoint but okay. I just remember it being really difficult in the first like 2 to 3 weeks. Like that was like really difficult. But then it just it, I, I think I things just like started becoming easier, and I just became just a naturally better planner, um, just becoming more efficient. I mean, I would say definitely in thirty days I was I was hitting my stride. But then it's even easier at sixty, and even easier at ninety, and then like a year later, like you're not even thinking about it. Like it's just so automatic. Okay, what about resistance and pushback? Like this, I feel like this is the stage where it's like becoming a habit family and friends are like okay he's serious about Mm -hmm. this that i hate resistance yeah i hate resistance in the first like one second you know of like (laughs) deciding to go vegan i'll never forget um my sister i was telling her that i was going to be eating vegan now and i will never forget she was like really upset about that because I had given my younger brother crap for being a vegetarian for like the last five years. And now all of a sudden, like I'm just going to become vegan. Mm -hmm. And to me, it was just kind of like, like I, like I, I did feel bad that I had given my younger brother so much crap, but like if I had known like the health benefits of eating that way, it, I would have seen it differently. 
but I'll never forget. Like that was like some of the first resistance and it was just like, whoa, it was just like this weird animal, you know, mm-hmm. it was just like, I, who could you, you couldn't, it, you couldn't have ever like seen that coming you know, or even like thought of that. Yeah. It was just like this weird twisted, like, why are you doing this because of, you know, you know, your past, your past behavior. It's like, well, my past does not define me, you know, mm-hmm. like I am, like I am who I am, like at this moment and what I've decided to do, you know, and I did apologize to my younger brother, you know, and now he's, he went from vegetarian and now he's vegan. And, but like, it was just like, yeah. So it was, it was resistance right from the beginning. Um, Sunday night dinners, like nothing ever changed. And I remember you and I, we would cook, you know, for my family and it would just be like all these little side comments. It doesn't taste the same. You know, it's, you know, it's just like not the same. And, um, you know, it's just, there was resistance from like all angles, you know? And I, I, I think too, like your family dynamic is so interesting because when we first met, like you were really picky about the foods you were eating and like had a really hard time with change and different foods. And so, I think like going vegan is like a pretty big change. So um, I don't, I guess just like it really depends on like how open minded mm-hmm. when it comes to food the people in your life are because they're probably yeah. going to take it differently. Yeah. I've, I've found that that's, that's the single biggest thing. Like if you, if you strip away all the exterior, that's like the biggest difference is like I'm just incredibly open minded I and mean, I'm just an open minded person. Now though. Now that's another thing that I think, kind but I kind of feel like, like I I've kind of always had a more open mind, but like I had never even known, like I'd never l- really dug into health, yeah. you know, and what that looks like. Yeah, I guess like when it comes to health, then I see what you're saying. You're saying when it comes to health, like you have an open mind. But mm-hmm. I remember trying to get you to eat like a euro. Or trying to get you to eat like Chinese food or just like different things, and you yeah. were just so stubborn, you well, wouldn't yeah. even try it. It was, um, I, I'm thinking like you know like my thought back then was like, you know, food is food. Like, why wouldn't I just eat the food that I like to eat? You know, why would I eat this ethnic food like Ethiopian food? Why would I eat that? Like, it's all the same thing. Whereas like now I'm thinking like, you know, like it's all about diversity. Yeah, I mean like. I had grains for lunch, so I'm not going to have grains for dinner. Like, I never, ever would have thought, you know, to that extent, you know? One thing that I just thought this is totally random, but I used to, I've always kind of been into food, like really into food. I used to nanny, and the little boys that I nannied, like, I would go crazy trying to get them to try new foods. And so, like, I could see me doing that with you and you just being like, no, I'm not trying that. And it's like, I have to get Peter to eat this. So that's just like something I was thinking Okay, about. so what about you and resistance? So for me and resistance, um, so I don't have like that family dynamic like you have. So I didn't really have to deal with that. My mom is pretty open to it, but she's not going to eat it, you know, and mm-hmm. she's not going to make it for me, but she would probably buy something that is. Um, so she kind of just, kind of was like oh good for you for wanting to eat healthier but then i would get little comments you know like 
oh, do you want some steak? Oh, and it's like really funny because Sarah doesn't eat steak, but it's not really that funny. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, guys, it's not that funny. Um, so I got it there. I remember at the beginning um, when I was working at the law firm, I, w- I was like kind of like a simple gal when it came to food. So I would always bring peanut butter, well, almond butter and jelly sandwiches to lunch. And I would bring them on like gluten-free bread. And uh, a lot of the attorneys would give me a hard time because it's kind of like a childish lunch, which looking back on it, it is. Um, so it'd be like, oh, Sarah, her peanut butter and jelly sandwich again. So just like little comments like that. Um, but I think one of the biggest pushbacks I got was from some friends who would just stop asking me to hang out and mm-hmm. stop inviting me places. Mm-hmm. And It's kind of like it, it's the stuff that you don't see. Yeah. You know, like it's or, or it's not really like coming at you. It just kind of disappears. Yeah. And that that's hard, especially if it's like good friends. And it's just mm-hmm. like like now I can see that you know, it just made them uncomfortable being around me because mm-hmm. I was choosing something healthy. And I think maybe they were thinking, well, maybe she's judging what I'm trying or maybe mm-hmm. maybe like I should be trying something else and it makes me question myself and that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. So this is, this is the hardest part about food. This is the thing that I hate about food. I hate how social it is Yeah, because... If you think about it like this, so like if you just decide that, you know, you're no longer going to go with like a group of friends to Applebee's because there is nothing there that you would eat instead of them thinking of it because they don't have the perspective that you have. So for them, it's not about like you're just not there. You're choosing just not to be there with them like you're choosing not to spend time with them when really it's like i'm choosing not to spend my time at applebee's you know like it doesn't really have anything to do with them it has to do with like your standards for food and just choosing not to go with that but i I think that i think that when it comes down to it in the end like the the friends that are your really good friends they're gonna understand that and my really good friends now they're not they're not vegan most of them so i have some vegan friends but most of them they're not vegan and Mm -hmm. they are so supportive and they'll make vegan food and they'll invite me places and they'll you know they'll they they support me and i think it comes down to you know having really good friends but then also having that communication and so like you were just saying the choice not to go to applebee's has nothing to do with them but do they know that are you communicating Mm -hmm. that because one thing for me is like i'm so open and i'm i over communicate things and i make it known that whatever you eat that's your own choice and like I'm not gonna judge you, mm-hmm. but if you have any questions or anything, like I'm open and I, and I will tell you the truth, mm-hmm. and I think that is really important. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great point because everything just kind of sorts itself out. You know, I mean, the friends that aren't gonna support you and aren't gonna be understanding, like eh, it's probably not meant to be. I mean, you know, you shouldn't be worried about losing that friendship because it really wasn't that deep of a friendship. Great point. Yeah. 
Okay, so that that was kind of sad a little bit. I don't know. It kind of makes me sad to think yeah. about like losing friends. It's kind of let, like let's, dark. Let's, let's let's switch to the bright side yes. of healthy eating. So with it, with switching your diet, with you know finding your groove, you get to discover new things, new friends, new foods, new places, new hobbies. Yeah, it's just exploration. That's cool. That was cool how we did that. You like that? Yeah, we like can try that. that again for the next episode. Okay, so. <sighs> This is where the fun stuff happens. This is when I discovered Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. That was great and terrible at the same time. Why was it terrible? Because I can spend hours in there. I oh, yeah. love it. Yeah. I just love new products and like your passion. Love though. new, love new food. Yep. You could spend. Yeah, I think I think just like when it comes down to it, when you're in your groove, when you're in your rhythm, you just you'll you'll naturally be creating a support system as well. Like almost just like effortlessly. Yep. So we also discovered meetup.com. Meetup.com. Met some cool people. Met we- some weird people. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of weird people. A lot of weird people. There's a lot of weird people at meetups. But there's some really cool people that are like just same on the same level yeah. as you. They yeah. showed up for the exact same reason. Yeah. We, we actually started our own meetup mm-hmm. and we did potlucks at our house. Yeah, it's called the Seattle Healthitarians. That was really fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, and I feel like this was the time too where, like, I just I was more open about things and like more open. Even like I I feel like I was a pretty open minded person, but open to trying new things. One thing that we tried was couch surfing. Oh yeah, and like so there's this like website where you can stay with people for free. And I, we, Peter and I both are still like neat freaks, clean freaks. And so before I would never even think about that, but I was open to it. And so we were able to find some really great people and places to stay with and visit. And before, like I would have never been open to that. Where did we hear about couch surfer? I have no idea. Couch surfing. It's uh, it's pretty cool guys. We met some really awesome people that we're still friends with now. Yeah. We stayed at some really nice places, beautiful yeah. homes. So. It's like Airbnb on the free. Yeah. And that was right after college, so we were needing the free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so, you know, like I think of this as like you're you're at a place now where you you're 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 doing lots of, of like uh you're just you're 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 submerging yourself in health and wellness. And so for us it's like we're at the grocery store, we're at the farmer's market, cooking classes, meetups, you're doing yoga. And like now, like when I just think about our life, I think about all of our friends and we have friends that are at the yoga studios and the health food store, the produce guys, you know, and then also like friends at the farmer's market and even friends that are farmers and people that we've met through cooking classes that we attended the class and we hosted the class and meetups and online forums, communities, etc. Yep. I think this is also a time where we became more compassionate and like slowly started wanting to like share and give back and um one thing that we also got into running, I got into running too because you started, but then once I got my healthy habits on lockdown i got into running and so then i started doing girls on the run where i would like help volunteer and coach um like middle school aged girls 
um, and help them run. And I don't know. I just feel like it was a lot of like new stuff, which was really exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel really good about this. I mean, this is, this has been a pretty good episode. So part two, find your footing. And, uh, so just once again, just since we're even just talking about healthy habits right now, we have a free series going on at theseasonaldiet.com. And it's it's all about how to create and maintain healthy habits. So so the series we're talking about right now is audio series, but mm-hmm. this series is video. Video so series. So if you want to see our faces. <laughs> then go to thehealthbeat.us forward slash HB15. And there you'll have show notes to some of the other stuff that we talked about. Okay, and next week is going to be part three of the series, Isolation to Elevation. And we're going to be talking about soaring above. Yes, rising above. Okay, guys, till next week on The Health Beat. you're trying to lock down if so check out thehealthbeat.us a community to hold you accountable 